G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Well, I wonder whether you have a favourite preacher, uh, maybe a favourite pastor, someone you've loved over many years. Uh, So many people do have favourites when it comes to church life. I wonder whether that's a good thing or whether that's a bad thing, because today we want to talk about the world's most hated preacher. And Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch has been reflecting on this idea and this issue. Uh, Bill's joining us again today. Hello, Bill. Welcome back to 2020. Great to be back. Bill, uh, what qualifies the most annoying, most irksome, most controversial, uh, most hated preacher of all time? Oh, well, I suppose uh, having a look at his record and what he uh, what he gets in response uh going around saying good things about God and others and seeing the reaction. I suppose if you get a lot of rejection and a lot of negativity and so on, that could uh, help qualify you. And uh, I suppose there'd be many who come to mind, um, people who, you know, get mocked and jeered and thrown rotten eggs at and all kinds of stuff. But uh, we actually know of somebody who got the crowd so mad so often that uh, they, in fact, tried to kill him. And, of course, we're referring to Jesus Christ. Okay. Now, we sort of set that up a little bit. And for some, it'll be a shock to say that Jesus Christ was the most hated preacher. Mm -hmm. Uh, But what gives you the uh, grounds for actually making that assessment Mm -hmm. of Jesus when you're looking at the Bible? Well, as we say, there are, if you know your church history, there have been plenty of preachers who've gotten a lot of uh, flack and a lot of abuse, but uh, it seems to me if we simply go back and read the gospel accounts uh, open-mindedly, you just find over and over again, wow, this guy was, uh, for all the good he did, all the love he showed, all the compassion and grace he offered, boy, he was rejected constantly, getting into fights often, uh, bringing division and lack of harmony, uh, getting people upset and angry. And uh, it's uh, it's a good exercise just to go back and read through the Gospels as if for the very first time and see again how uh, Jesus got, you know, what kind of responses he got. They weren't always pretty or pleasant. It's interesting. Uh, It's one thing to be a hated preacher. It's another thing to be a person who sows seeds uh, that perhaps reap a harvest Mm. of hatred. Mm. Uh, There's a difference there, isn't there? Mm. Yeah, well, absolutely. If you're, you know, if you really are an annoying and irksome and troublesome and, you know, hard to get along with person, oh, sure, then we'd expect people to not like you or your message and to give you a hard time. That we find happening all the time. But here was a guy that we all know was the most loved and the most loving, the most gracious, the most compassionate. I mean, you know, many of the crowds loved him and came to him and loved what he was doing. But 
despite all of his, uh, you know, being as nice as you can be, as loving as you can be, he still got a huge amount of negative reactions. People didn't like him. People wanted him to go away. People were divided because of him. People grumbled and murmured because of him. Just reading through the Gospel of John, as, as I am now, I just started jotting down some of these passages. And boy, every single chapter, you get time and time and time again, people getting very upset, very angry with him, and uh, really wanting to, uh, you know, uh, put him away for good. So uh, Hit us with a few examples there, Bill. Uh, uh, you're look, working your way through yeah, the Gospel yeah. of John. Yep. What sort of things come to mind? Well, in fact, what I did, there are so many, I just limited, I think I just went from chapters 5 through 12, so just those 8 or so, whatever chapters alone, I just found one case after another. There are about 6 or 7 examples where it says the crowds were divided because of him. There are about 3 or 4 or 5 times where it says people were actually accusing him of being demon-possessed. <laughs> there were a number of times when it says the people wanted to kill him. Uh, boy, just over and over again, wherever he went, he seemed to cause trouble. Wherever he went, he seemed to get a lot of angry reactions. So uh, I guess the question to ask ourselves, how are we doing in our preaching? You know, if we got everybody loving us and thinking we're wonderful and adoring us, well, maybe we're not preaching the way Jesus preached. Okay, well, that actually brings the question. I mean, should preachers be preaching on things that might stir up an angry reaction? I, I think most preachers are probably a little bit cautious about mm -hmm. that. What are you saying, that preachers sometimes are overly cautious and holding back on truth in order to be friendly and perhaps even accommodating and compromising? Uh, I think that's all too much, the, all too often the case, actually. We find people wanting to not rock the boat, not be controversial, to keep the masses coming in, keep the weekly offering flowing in. So I'm sure many will tone things down. And I'm not here just talking about things like, you know, maybe a controversial political issue of the day or social moral issue of the day. Obviously, that will rock boats. But the Bible makes it clear if you simply proclaim biblical truth. Paul talked about the offense of the gospel, for example. When you preach Jesus and him crucified, that's offensive. The natural man finds this uh, appalling. He doesn't like it. The idea that somehow he's not good enough and that he has to have somebody die for him on the cross, that gets people angry. So simply the core biblical truths... Uh, the New Testament makes it quite clear you're going to get a negative response. People won't like it. So again, if the masses love you and are flocking to your church, you have to ask, well, is the real gospel, in fact, being proclaimed? Well, that word hate is a powerful word too, mm. but Jesus used that word. He mm. said, the world hates me yeah. and it will hate you too, I guess, if you stand for the same things that Jesus stood for. Mm. Absolutely. Again, in that short section of seven or eight chapters that I mentioned in John, quite often you find that coming up. Jesus says, the world must hate me, it, it, it's going to hate me, and he promised his disciples, if they hated me, they will hate you as well. So again, not a bad little test, I would say, if everything's going along swimmingly, everybody thinks you're the queen's bee's knees, you're getting asked to appear on all the secular uh, media outlets, and everybody thinks you're fine, well, <laughs> that might be a test. Am I really like Jesus? Am I really preaching the gospel Jesus preached? Because when he did, 
there was a reaction, and a lot of people really hated him for doing it. Sometimes in our conversations, I mention the two-speed approach that we need to take to a whole bunch of ethical issues. Is there an issue here with a two-speed approach, the way we love the people who are open to the things of God and are looking to learn to be discipled and to grow into maturity? And is there a second speed which actually confronts and actually isn't a likable side of character that you might be presenting as a leader yourself? Is that the sort of thing you're thinking of? Oh, well, that can be part of it. Uh, Obviously, different circumstances may require different approaches, but... uh If you're simply sharing biblical truth, uh, especially in the public arena, as Jesus always did, uh, well, we know from his life there will be a reaction. There's very little neutrality when it comes to Jesus. People either loved him or hated him. And uh, again, the most loving, gracious, compassionate man on earth. So, you know, I find Christians often telling me or others, oh, you need to be more loving and more gracious and so on. Well... Uh, even if I were as loving and gracious as Jesus, he didn't get all the good results either. He still got people angry with him and offended and mad and angry. So, um, you know, we have to be careful here. The idea that everybody's going to come running to us with open arms when we share the gospel, that's, according to the New Testament, not what's going to happen. Probably just the opposite, in fact. Well, I'm sure most of us like to feel good when we leave Mm. our local church on a Sunday. Mm. Uh, But I note that the very last paragraph of your latest article, talking about this very issue of uh, the most hated preacher, you've quoted George Whitfield, who remarked, Mm. it's a poor sermon that gives no offence that neither makes the hearer displeased with himself nor with the preacher. Uh, It's an interesting way to approach the way you might think about the preaching of the gospel and going along and being part of a local church. Mm, Absolutely. Again, we're not talking about, you know, deliberately being an offensive buffoon, uh, you know, uh, deliberately offending people and being a real pain in the neck. Well, sure, people get offended if you're carrying on like that. But again, even if you're the most wonderful, gracious person, simply sharing biblical truth, if there isn't some offense, if there isn't a bit of uh, people getting uptight and convicted and people saying, wait a minute, I'm not too happy with all this, uh, again, we have to ask, what kind of preacher are we? Are we preaching with the power and conviction of the Holy Spirit, or are we more or less trying to please men and keep uh, the masses happy? So anybody involved in that work, whether preacher or evangelist or teacher or you know, any Christian, really, who shares their faith, we have to ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing this for? Is it to keep people happy with us and to be well-liked, or are we trying to please God, uh, regardless of what human reactions may be? Well, I'm sure there's no Christian believer or preacher that sets out to be a hated individual. But Mm. what you're saying, Bill, is when you present truth just the way that Jesus did, you'll get the same reaction (laughs) just the way that Jesus did. I'll point people to your Culture Watch website. Simply Google Culture Watch. You'll be able to read Bill's latest article, The World's Most Hated Preacher. Bill Muhlenberg, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us again today on 2020. All right, many thanks. 
Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.